We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Welcome in, everybody. Welcome in. I am Nick Kendall and joined by Carl Dummler, and it's Tuesday night, which means it's time for an episode of Building the Broncos. Uh, Carl, how you doing? What's good? How are how how was your trip? I was good. It was good. Really hot down there. Scott, I feel for you living in Georgia. And I, I watched, you know, hanging out with a bunch of high schoolers. We'd work from like eight to three thirty, building on houses and stuff. And their shirts and my shirts would be just, I mean, sweat through the entire way. And then those kids, they'd play like two hours of football. And then we'd have supper. And then they'd play another like two hours of something. So they took like three or four showers a day just because they were sweating so much. And I've got like a permanent sweat stain on my vehicle now hmm. from them riding in it. I, I don't know what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to like take out the seats, power wash them, burn the vehicle. I'm, I'm not sure which way I'm going on that yet. Don't Ugh. be listening insurance company. Yeah, that's uh that's not ideal. At least you guys weren't wearing cotton, right? You're smart enough to wear like athletic gear and stuff, you know, synthetics. Uh, Maybe. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cause I mean, cotton kills, uh, when you're out there doing stuff, you need to wear that, you know, kind of lightweight, breathable stuff, but, uh, well, welcome back, uh, held down the fort, uh, with Lance last week. So shout out to Lance again for coming in on a, a Tuesday night and it's Carl and I again, the, uh, the next two weeks and then I'll be gone for uh, a week there, but, uh, Hey, that's okay. We're getting it done and we're hanging out and we're enjoying the summer as much as possible. You were out there. I enjoyed the beach photos out there. I just got back from summiting Rainier and I'm off to backpack in the, uh, North Cascades tomorrow morning, doing about 13 miles and 4,000 feet of elevation gain. So should be fun. Um, hopefully I can find the water sources and whatnot and uh, no issues there. We might, we might even have a Aurora Borealis uh, tomorrow night. So Ooh. some uh, Northern lights, because we're going to be like right up on the Canadian uh, United States border there in Washington. So fingers crossed. Uh, be yeah. pretty darn awesome. Uh, but you know, what's awesome. Michael Ronquillo coming in here, came in this morning, comes in every show. Michael, you're a superstar. We appreciate you dropping the stars on us, saying good evening, Nick and Carl. I'm building the Broncos. Go Broncos and Buckham with the uh, blue heart, the orange heart, and the mile high salute. 
Thank you so much, Michael. We appreciate you coming in. Always saying hello. And uh, you guys don't have to be like Michael, super supportive all the time, which we really do appreciate, Michael. Don't go anywhere. But come in and say hello. Drop the thumbs in, uh, thumbs up on the way in. Whatever emoji works for you, too. I always like seeing the, the care emojis and whatnot. It's always fun. But uh, if you're joining us on Facebook, YouTube, drop the thumbs up. We appreciate that. Let's say hello to some more people over here on Facebook. We got Albert Knoppers in the house saying howdy, y'all. Good to see you, Albert. Hope you're doing well. Always good to hear from Albert over there on Facebook. And we also got Dom Harmio coming in saying, good evening, Nick, Carl, Scott, and Broncos country. Denver Broncos for life. Good to see you, Dom. Hope things are going well down there in Albuquerque. We got Angel Rocha coming in here uh, saying, uh, how's the weather over there? I'm going to move there soon. I don't know if he's talking about Kansas or Atlanta <laughs> or Washington, but uh, where I'm at right now, it's nice, but it is unfortunately a just a matter of time before wildfire season really kicks in here beat british columbia has like got the most square mileage of wildfire they've ever had in the history of british columbia right now and the this uh the wind is not blown south yet once it does things are not going to be as pretty here uh but uh we're, we're gonna enjoy it for now um so things are nice out here and excited to get back out there we also got facebook user comments and hello nick carl and scott and go broncos country only this one must be the, <laughs> i know who this is yep. Ernie Mays. good to see you ernie we got a oh, friend of the show, lo love uh, Lori coming in. Lori has been a friend of mine on Facebook for, we got to be approaching like a decade now. Just met because of Broncos fandom. No, known her longer than you, Carl. So uh, Lori's Ooh, a real one. I uh, appreciate Lori, Lori coming in saying hello. Hey, stranger. Hey to you. Hope you're doing well. Always appreciate hearing from Lori. Just a, a great person. Uh, we got Troy coming in, not talking about great people. 999 saying, hey, guys. I have to believe the receivers with Russell Wilson are just those who are not out of town right now. Nothing more. Have a great show. We'll listen later. Well, Troy, we appreciate you coming in with a 999. Hope you're doing well. Hope you have are having a great summer, man. July is already halfway over. Uh, so hopefully you've been living it up and football is just around the corners. But uh, what do you think? He's obviously talking about our main topic here today. Uh, Russell Wilson up there in Boulder, Colorado, working out at Folsom Field, beautiful football stadium. It's no uh, Kinnick Stadium, but you know, whatever. I, I'm a mountain man, so I, I get it. Uh, yeah. But uh, Folsom Field and uh, players up there. I think this is probably the most notable bit from this workout uh, that he had there. But who was up there? Uh, we had wide receiver Cortland Sutton, tight ends Greg Dulcich and Chris Manhurts, and also running back Javonta Williams. Those are the names that I know for sure were out there. They, I think there was also maybe some CU players there, maybe some buffs yeah. or some high school players working through the, uh, the workout as well. Uh, but those are the big ones there. Got to say, though, overall, I do agree with Troy. If you can get there, that's great. Come get some reps. You know, it's good to get out there and get the work in. But do I care that Tim Patrick wasn't there? Do I care that Samaji Piran wasn't there? Do I care that Jerry Judy wasn't there? Nah, not really. This is, you know, it's like a, a pro day circuit. It's fun to put the highlight tape out there, but I'm just happy to see people healthy and staying healthy uh, right. more than anything else. Right. It's especially camp starts here in what? few days. I yeah. mean, the, the rookies report tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, I can't remember exactly when the veterans report, but it's, it's pretty soon. And I don't mind players saying, Hey, these are my last few days of real freedom until either the bye week or, you know, really into the season kind of thing. So uh, I don't blame them wanting to go get their last little bit of vacation time in, but I also don't blame guys wanting to get a few reps in and good to see Russ mm -hmm. get locked in early on here. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I'm not going to read a whole lot into that really the whole thing. I'm not going to read a whole lot into, you know, Russ, it's good to see that he's working out, Yeah. but players playing in, in shells or really they weren't even in shells, uh, just kind of running around in, in their shorts. 
it's good that they're getting reps. You need those reps. And I'd say there's two things you can take away from it. Like I said, he's working out. You know that's going on. Two, what kind of shape does he look like he's in? Mm-hmm. He looks like he's in really good shape compared yeah. to last year at least. It really does look like he's kept the, the weight off this entire offseason. And I, I'm excited to see what that looks like once they actually get into live action games. Can he actually now outrun some of those defensive ends, those defensive tackles, be able to get to the edge that he wasn't able to last season? That, that's what excites me about that video more than anything else. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. He was moving pretty well. Now, how replicable are the throws that he was making out there? I mean, we've seen enough Russell Wilson in the NFL that we know what he can and can't do. It's not like this display of arm talent and stuff that you see in the pro day circuit uh, where, you know, you're actually there's a lot of quarterbacks, especially in the air raid or, you know, the quarterback power spread kind of stuff where there are throws that they are just not asked to make. And you won't scouts and uh, personnel people want to see them make those throws in the pro day circuit. We've seen every throw from Russell Wilson. We have data beyond data, knowing what he can do out there on the field and what he struggles with and what he's uh, uh, poor at. So the types of throws, the highlights there, we know he has a pretty deep ball. I'm not, I'm not learning too much there, but you, you hit the nail on the head. He does look like he's in much better shape. I thought he was moving better Uh, overall. Again, it's not in shells, no deep, no defenders, et cetera, et cetera. You're not going to get, take too much uh, from it, but he looks healthy. And I think the biggest thing overall for me in this one is putting in the work. Uh, I think it's good to see him, you know, working with uh, Jake Heaps still. I know there was a lot of hullabaloo made about it last year. Jake Heaps in the building, but all these, I mean, if anybody's watched the Netflix, the quarterback series, all these guys are getting as much help as they can and paying private quarterback coaches, maybe overstepped in terms of the power and influence in the locker room itself. Uh, but that's a different discussion. So good to see him working out there. And I think beyond anything else, Javante Williams still out there getting healthy, getting more reps. Uh, Javante Williams isn't ready. It's not because he did anything wrong. Uh, he right. is out there putting in the work and he might be the biggest catalyst for what this offense is this season. I know it's been running backs has been the topic of the football world the last <laughs> 72 hours. He's on his third year. Broncos are going to try to maximize and get every ounce of ability out of him on that rookie contract as they should with the current pay scale as inhumane as that may sound. Uh, and the fact that he's out there putting in the work, I mean, that's great. The Broncos need him. And if he is what he was the second half of his rookie season, offensive floor is going to be significant. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. higher. Yeah. Yeah. Once teams actually have to respect the run game. And, and I've always said that there's only a few running backs that I would really put up there running the football, not, not catching. We'll, we'll take that part out of it. That actually really add yards because of their ability to make guys miss or run mm-hmm. people over, you know, Derek Henry, a lot of years, he was right in that, that area. Yeah. Uh, Adrian Peterson was one of the best when he was in his prime, you know, those kind of guys right now, Javante Williams, like I said, the second half of his rookie season, he had a few plays where it should have been a negative play and he turned it into a gigantic play, you know, 30, 40 yards down the field. And when you got one of those kind of guys that teams really have to respect and say, we have to commit extra guys to the box. That, that's when Russell Wilson can really shine. That, that's when he's at his best when teams really have to commit more to the box. So Javante Williams, like you said, he could be really the make or break for this offense this season. Yeah, going to be really interesting to see. The Broncos invested heavily in the the offensive run game infrastructure. Last year, they struggled a lot. As uh, Scott likes to point out, they were exceedingly weak up the gut. You know, could get no push. And hopefully with Powers, now you got Manhurts in here as well. And uh, uh, Fulton? Uh, The fullback's name is escaping me right now. But uh, having Javante Williams back should be big. Uh, His rookie season, I believe he was number one in yards after contact per attempt. Uh, with a you know a decent sample size of carry, it's not like he had one and he broke a tackle and ran 99 yards and that was it. Uh, so that's um will be good to have him back and seeing him out there getting healthy and also working with Russell Wilson in the pass game. I think that's going to be huge. On paper right now, you don't have the obvious Darren Sproles, you don't have the obvious Alvin Kamara. Samaja P Ryan's kind of a jack of all traits, uh, master of none type, but can Javante really take a step as a receiver? I love his ability as a a blocker in the backfield, but somebody's got to be a weapon out of the backfield in that type of offense with how uh, Sean Payton likes to match up those guys against linebackers. And if Javante Williams can take a step as a receiver, that'd be amazing. And if you guys recall back at North Carolina, he didn't really have to be that guy because he was paired with a little bit more of a lightning to Javante's thunder in Michael Carter, uh, who was much more of the receiving back. So if he can expand his ability in the past game, which hopefully we're seeing him working with Russell Wilson, could just another avenue for him to be a hugely impactful player this season. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. So uh, I saw a couple comments in here I wanted to, to get to. Um, so we got one of our first time people listening live. We got Yo DB for life saying, how are you guys? First time live, good and for- informative. Uh, go Broncos. I'm glad you're in here. Glad you're getting your chance to watch. Stick with us throughout the season because it's going to be a, a doozy of one with Sean Payton in the building. Uh, I think they were interviewing some different GMs and things like that around the league. And a lot of them were putting Sean Payton right up there, top three quarterback or coaches in the NFL. And you and I have talked about it many times on the show, how much uh, there's really kind of three spots that you need good in the NFL. Your quarterback's number one, head coach is number two, owner's number three. You know, if you got those three things, I mean, you could argue the order. Quarterback, I think... General manager. Yeah, I guess you could argue that too. You need good players. Yeah. 
but okay. So there's four spots there. The four pillars. Uh, yeah. If you got those four, man, you are set for life. Chiefs. I mean, that they've got that going really well right now. Um, I saw something about how Creed Humphrey was the, the number four ranked player in his draft. And which angers me when I'm looking at our center position going, we could have had Creed Humphrey and mm -hmm. yeah, now he's with the enemy. Uh, but again, Broncos right now, I think they've got pretty darn good ownership. They're, they're at least learning. They're willing to put the money forward to, to make this team great. I think you got the coach in place, quarterback. <laughs> we'll have to see. Uh, I mean, he, he's making right steps, I think, to really learn from last offseason. I know some of the, the coaches talked about some of the things that they told Russell they wanted him working on this offseason. And we'll have to see how much he really took to that coaching or not. Um, and general manager, up and down. I think it's still unknown with George Payton at this point. Yeah. It takes a long time to kind of get that idea. And uh, his two biggest swings, unfortunately, have been emphatic. Oh, one of them has been was an emphatic miss in uh, bringing in Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, we'll see how Sean Payton works out, given the, the cost and everything added to that. But I think probably a pretty safe bet that's going to work out pretty well. And then the Russell Wilson one, which that on top of the contract is, I mean, that's a death sentence, a death sentence for most executives in the league. So we'll see if, and if he doesn't turn it around, obviously uh, talking about seeing long time, no see says Benji clay. What's the good news. Good news is Broncos appear to be relatively healthy right now. Um, heading into training camp will everybody knock on wood and cross your fingers and toes. But uh, that would be great news. I saw that it was, I think Jared first big news. I can remember from a player that might potentially start this year out for the year. Jared Davis for the giants suffered a season ending injury linebacker for the giants, former first round pick. So hopefully the Broncos can avoid that injury bug, but uh, that's a good news. That's, you know, we love to hear Russell Wilson out there throwing around and things like that, but everybody's staying healthy. Give me that one. I will take yeah. that one. If I can learn anything from this training camp, it's that, Oh my God, every single starter for the Broncos. And even the second string is uh doesn't not out for the year with an injury. So uh, that would be incredible. Baron Browning. Let's let's that's it. No more, <laughs> no more injuries. Uh, Lord Wu coming in saying, you think coach Peyton uh, should be Peyton with an A there, Lord. I was thinking of uh, Peyton Manning. He's in no, uh, should, would he be happy about the social media? Thought it was awesome to see the boys. I think that Sean Peyton probably doesn't care too much about this being released. Uh, it's not his playbook. It's not, you know, his practices. Apparently he runs a pretty darn type shit, uh, tight ship in regards to the actual, uh, coverage of the Broncos. Like the media is not allowed to have their phone out. They can't like describe specific plays. But out here, you know, a throwing session uh, with uh, the Jake Keeps and out there in Folsom Field, just getting the work in. I don't think that matters too much. You're not giving away any schematics. You're just getting out there, getting some work, getting some chemistry, and working through some kinks. Yeah, I this kind of thing is pretty harmless at this point. Um, if, if it was pretty much every other day, he's posting videos like this, and or I'd say maybe if you're going on vacation all the time and you know, a lot of media and everybody's commenting on how you're not really focused in and it's starting to take away from the attention of the team. This isn't taken away from the attention of the team. You know, you've got other players that are there. Like you said, Cortland Sutton, a couple of the tight ends, Javante Williams, and it's right here a few days before training camps kicks off. So it's showing, Hey, these guys are here a week early. They're locked in. They're ready to go. Uh, they, they want this to be a good season. So uh, I think for the most part, this will be viewed positive by Peyton. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, getting in the work, everyone's staying healthy. I don't think it matters too much. Now if they're giving away, you know, state secrets or if the Broncos and Russell Wilson are uh, giving, um, a, you know, putting out 
tape of the actual practices, there'd be a problem. Uh, also, I think that given Sean Payton came in and laid down the law, you know, Russell Wilson's office is gone. Jake Heaps isn't in the building anymore. It's fine. They're getting the work outside. Um, but as long as the power dynamic is, this is Sean Payton's team. It's the owner's team, but it's Sean Payton's team. <laughs> and uh, people are listening to him and what he says goes, there will be no problems. Now, if there's pushback and things are wrong there and people aren't listening or taking direction of Sean Payton and the coaches that he has selected, uh, then there could be some comeuppance. Uh, but we are far away from that right now, and uh, we'll just live in the uh, the positives for that one. So we'll, you know, day by day, week by week, game by game, we'll see how it plays out. We got C. Chang coming in saying, "What's up, Broncos? Can't wait for football to get started." Absolutely, it's good to see you, C. Chang. Thanks for coming in. Todd Moyer coming in saying, "Let's all hit that like button." Thank you so much, Todd. We appreciate that. Michaela Israel saying, "Good evening, Broncos country. Good evening to you, Michaela. Hope you're doing well. Hope you've had a good summer." Jan Fitz in the house saying, "What would teams do with?" Uh, KJ Hamler and Marvin Mims on the field at the same time, along with uh, Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton as well. So, Carl, this is kind of a question for you because you are the wide receiver guy. There's uh, four wide receivers out here. Judy's off the field in this scenario. Uh, what what would teams do? I think he's asking what would opposing teams do? I think the bigger question is what would Sean Payton do with this four personnel set <laughs> than what would opposing teams do? Well, I, I'm surprised you have Jerry Judy off the field because he's kind of that middle-of-the-field attacker kind of guy for you. And so if you're wanting to really attack the different levels and make them have to defend short, medium, deep, um, I would have probably Jerry Judy on for one of the deep guys. Because you can have Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. They, they don't mind running those nine routes. Those are usually your deep routes going down the field. And you could have either KJ or Mims on the other side. Um, so I guess if we're having this personnel on the field, I might put KJ and Mims on the same side of the field. And I'm having one of them kind of attack the middle of the field. And I'm having one stay on the outside and making those safeties really have to commit. What are we doing here? Like, are we going to have to defend deep, you know, deep halves pretty much and, and stay with these guys. And then I'm having Cortland Sutton kind of run a deep in route cutting across um, probably 15, 20 yards down the field that spot's going to be open because the safeties are going deep with the other wide receivers, Tim Patrick. I'm probably having him run maybe a little bit of a slant route. Maybe he can be your quick hitter. If you see them playing really deep and everything's opening up where he's going to be in a one-on-one -on -one situation um, could also be, I decided to run out of this, you know, when you're having those guys take all the safeties deep and everybody's pretty much worried about everything being one over the top. That's a quick handoff to Javante right up the middle. It's going to be a pretty light box. Yeah, I'd be curious to see what uh, Sean Payton would do in order to help uncover KJ and Mims because both those guys are a little bit smaller and have some struggles getting off press. So I think both of them, maybe even one of them in motion to help unlock them a little bit more as well. Uh, maybe even one runs a like bubble screen kind of look out there to draw yeah. somebody in there in the uh, deep route on the other side. But it uh, would be interesting. Um, Broncos have a lot of interesting options at wide receiver. Hopefully they can all stay healthy and uh, definitely pulling for all of them. KJ Hamler, obviously, I don't know if you saw the interview with him, pretty emotional talking about how rough life has been uh, with the injuries and his post grandma, but uh, you know, it's been frustrating. He hasn't lived up to the second round pick, uh, but as a you know human being, like really yeah. pulling for him because he's, he's been going through it and you know, it's always, it's always rough to see another human being going through so much pain. So right. hope, hope things and are good for KJ Hamler. And uh, on the right track, and shout out to Tim Patrick for having him come in and uh, live with him and take him under his wing a little bit too. Right. So, 
and this might be a very callous question to ask right after that. Uh, what what do you think are his odds of really making this roster? This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 55-45. So 55 make it, 45 not make it, I think, right now. I mean, the question is, what can he, can he bring stuff on special teams as well? If he's your number... Uh, five wide receiver right at that point like you're gonna have yeah. to be able to bring some special teams ability he's electric especially in a straight line uh but he's gonna have to bring some of that as well and also talking the 55 45 i think that there's a chance that another team would you know give a seventh round pick or a sixth round pick on a flyer because he is still very talented uh and that might be worth it for another team with such a low uh cost yeah low risk no so. i agree i you're right he has a certain skill set that a lot of teams look for. I mean, everybody's wanting to get fast. Look at Miami. Explosive. They pretty much have a a track team down there. And if KJ Hamler is back to 100%, got his speed back, and can take the top off of defense, that's a very valuable thing to have in the NFL. You know, it's Mm -hmm. what got uh, Henry Ruggs drafted. I know we'll leave the personal side of that out of there. But he's the first receiver taken in that draft. Even though stats-wise he was pretty far down on that list, but teams are just going that speed. We can't, you can't coach that. And it's the same with KJ Hamler. And so I, I do, I hope he makes the roster because he has that, that talent to, to be the big play player for you. Uh, mm-hmm. well, I mean, we saw it in that, I think it was in a preseason game against Minnesota with the, the deep pass from drew lock where he, he had, actually had to st- slow down. Cause he had like five or six steps on the guy and yeah. drew lock threw it just a little bit short, but you know, th- those kind of plays, it just, that can change a game in a moment. And when you got that type of player, yeah, like I said, you, you want to maximize him, but has to stay healthy and has to prove, like I said, special teams is going to be big for him. Can he do anything on special teams for him? Otherwise, he's going to really struggle to make this yeah. roster. Yeah, and that's one, you know, you, you wish that he was out there, but hey, maybe, you know, best for him and Tim Patrick could be off uh, working elsewhere. Maybe he's getting more just working from Tim Patrick than this throwing session. Maybe, maybe we have a secret uh, Jarrett Stidham, Tim Patrick, Jerry, Judy, KJ Hamler <laughs> thing going on. Who knows? Now if that video fun. comes out. That's going to be a problem. About. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a, a pretty funny. Uh, Todd coming in saying the further we get into Sean Payton era, the more inept we will realize hack it was. I think that's true, but man, it's, it's going to be pretty hard to realize that he's more inept than he already was because my God, like just, I saw the highlight uh, yesterday on Twitter or threads or whatever the heck it was of the first game of the year with the clock management with Peyton Manning, uh, like hitting the timeout. And then, you know, first off the first play, the five yard one was it to get only get, I don't know. It was terrible waiting all the time. Then going for the, the kick after wasting all that time. I just, what the hell are you doing? I just, it's, it's mind blowing. I just remember leaving, walking off, the like ramp um, for where my seat was. Cause I was at that game and I was like, who does that? What, whose call was that? Who kicks? What was it? A 64 yarder or something from 65. Seattle at 65 at sea level. I mean, just like, my God, what a, what a clown show. 
uh, that was, I and mean, there's no other way to put it. It was an absolute clown show uh, last season, just total inept ineptitude. So I guess I hope that we realize how much more it was because uh, that would mean that Sean Payton is really getting it done and uh, doing well, but uh, it's, it's going to be hard for me to really, really uh, have pack it in a more inept light than it already was, unless literal new information comes out uh, regarding to the uh, circus that was in Denver. Right. Well, and it, it plays into how much talent is really on this team. You know, I mean, was it really Hackett was that bad and his coaching stuff was that, that bad that they couldn't maximize this talent on the field? Or is it that Broncos still have that long ways to go? You know, Russell Wilson, is he closer to being that top 10 quarterback that he was most of his career? Or is he what he showed last year that he's really fallen off a cliff? You know, that's going to be the the big questions right now that really Mm – submit more and more whether Hackett is just downright terrible and was way over his head or whether Hackett shouldn't be getting as much blame as he is. We're going to find out. And I think uh, Sean Payton may be telling a little bit as well um, for that one. So it'll be, it'll be fun. And I mean, in ways that are not his specific coaching. So we got chase coming in here said, it feels like Sean Payton will have a fair amount of work uh, with a fair amount to work with when it comes to the skills position. At least I hope so. There's a lot of names, but there's not a lot of sure things, I think is the way I'd put it right now. Jerry Judy been up and down. God bless. I think maybe something turned the corner for Jerry Judy, but I have not seen him on social media this season, really, uh, despite his name being in the headlines so much. Uh, so I think that's good. I mean, he just seems like he's just putting in the work. Uh, so obviously it was frustrating. It's been frustrating for him, especially after, you know, the the luxury cruise ship that he was on. That was the Alabama offense and the wide receivers around him. Uh, but you know, he's been, seems like he's been kind of quiet and just putting in the work and understanding, but maybe understanding it takes a little bit more what it, what it seems to, or what it takes to be a pro. So shout out to that. I'm glad that he seems like he's really putting in the work this year. I'm pulling for him and Sutton hasn't been the same since the injury. Patrick's coming off an injury. KJ Hamler. We're not sure about Mims as a rookie Dulcich last season, up and down, not a really good inline player. Troutman man hurts. Williams coming off an injury. I mean, a lot of names. I have no idea how they're going to actually come out and play though. So hopefully right. a shotgun approach, somebody uh, steps up, but there are no sure things there. Yeah. And Jerry Judy released a video today, by the way, I saw that, but it was not like, you know, like uh, him tweeting, like weird, like things like upset about stuff or like, Oh, at least right. I got my wind sprints in, you know, like that kind of thing. Right. And it's not whatever news he had where something happened with his, his kid and, and the kid's mom. I don't, I don't remember. You remember that? There's a lot of there's legal just been a lot there. of chances for him to be upset about things this year. I think he did have one tweet, but it just is not. He's not as active on social media, which right. I totally understand is hypocritical because I live on Twitter. Uh, but uh, that's uh, <laughs> we want it. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. But I think no, that I, he's. I'm really excited about the direction of Judy. Right. No, I'm with you. I think he has shown some nice signs of maturity, uh, and and he needed it. You know, he, he's got the talent. Mm-hmm. And he was so They're, young. Well, he's only like 23 right now, right? Like right. it's there's the past there, but I think it's coming. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I and hopefully with that maturity comes better play on the field of him figuring some things out and 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 moving forward with his career. It, it it's hard. I mean, I, I have to always remember these guys are 21 year olds. You know, mm-hmm. I just spent an entire week with teenagers, and at the end of the week, we all kind of looked at each other and said, "If we don't see each other for another month, I think we're okay." Cause we were just, I was, I was done. You know, I had a couple times of almost having to pull the vehicle over cause the kids are in the back, like going at each other, punching and, 
yeah, it was <laughs> it was kind of kind of weird. And then somebody left sushi in my vehicle for a week. Oh. <laughs> uh huh. Yep. Yep. And I couldn't smell it over the smell of all the sweat. That that's how bad the the sweat was. But um, but beyond that, like I said, working with all them, then I'm kind of remembering. Okay, these are college kids that are just getting out of college. You know, they they've been living in that kind of lifestyle of um, very selfish, very about me. And now some of them are starting to have kids and maybe, you know, that's one of those catalysts that changes people big time. Once you have that first kid, it really kind of takes that, that selfishness out of you. At least you hope it does. Some people still not that way. So again, I, I do, I think I've seen some nice signs of maturity from him. Like I said, staying off social media, um, the way he talks in some of the interviews he's done, you're not seeing him quite what he was before. And if that shows up on the field, that is just a huge thing for the Broncos because they need that number one wide receiver. They don't have that right now. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. And in, in theory, they have a lot of options, but no sure things. Uh, talking about no sure things. Max comes in. Max Gonzalez over on Facebook says, is Javante Williams ready? Also, is Russell going to win comeback player of the year this season? Don't know about Javante Williams. I think that they, if I'm more conservative with health, uh, then probably a lot of people are, even though he's a rookie contract running back, but I think you probably dip the toe in and, you know, let him give him enough, you know, leeway where he can kind of you know, stretch himself a little bit, but not put too much on him too quickly. Uh, cause you do have some IGP Ryan. You paid him pretty good money. So you kind of wait for that. Also Wilson winning comeback player of the year this year. I'd be curious to see what the odds are. I think that just, I would take the field <laughs> over him just based on uh, probability. Uh, but he's probably got to be pretty high up there. I wouldn't bet on him just because of maybe too close to the situation with how bad it was last year, that it, it almost feels hard for me to believe that it could be that good for him to win comeback player of the year. But you know, that's kind of maybe more the emotional side coming through there than the analytical side. So uh, definitely it's a chance to win it comeback player of the year. Typically you see it from a guy coming back from injury, uh, but given how terrible last season was Russell Wilson definitely fits in the category and would be a, probably a top 10 odds uh player for that award should so be at I'm, least i'm looking at some of the sports betting and they depending on which website you go to i think they have him fourth okay. mar hamlin yeah. is number one tua is number two Brees hall is number three okay i mean they all make sense right so uh i probably would not bet on him for that one but if he won it that'd obviously be incredible and he's got a real good chance uh so says vegas so uh yeah, thanks for the comment, Max. We appreciate you. Chase coming in with the two goats there. Thank you so much. I don't see them. There must be somewhere else. I see one goat over there, but uh, I don't know about here. We're in the Seattle shirt. Does that make me a bad person? It's got a big foot on it. That's okay. <laughs> um, so we got that going. Uh, we also got Zach Powers. Yeah, this is a this is a good one, too. I don't know if Scott also mentioned that. Um, uh, if DeMar Hamlin takes a single snap this season, he could be the comeback player of the year. Also, I mean, Javante Williams could be a comeback player of the year, right? Coming off the ACL injury, he's been awesome there, so it would be a really interesting one to see uh, what happens. And also, Scott says, why not Jameson Williams? Is, isn't that the guy who's suspended for the whole year? Because, okay, I'm not sure <laughs> what's going on. Uh, but uh, that's, uh, yeah, I think uh, DeMar Hamlin would be a very good uh, option as well, especially because of the narrative, right? Like, you get out right. of the whole SB show award thing with him on their winning comeback player of the year for what happened there. Right. It's one of those awards that's not... It's not just about the statistics. Mm. You know, th there's a lot more story involved with that. It's kind of like uh, Alex Smith when he came back from his leg injury. And I think he won comeback player of the year 
Uh, and, you know, just a great story. You know, I, I think Alex Smith is one of my favorite non-Broncos. And I know he played for the Chiefs. and But, I mean, the Broncos beat him almost every single time. So we really shouldn't be too mad at, at Alex Smith. But just seeing him kind of revitalize his career after going through so many coaches there with the 49ers and looking like he was going to be a huge bust. Finally gets himself a good coach, turns his career around, then busts his leg, you know, looks like maybe even going to lose his leg and comes back. So like I said, that, that was a really neat story. DeMar Hamlin, another great story for the NFL. And like I said, if he takes one snap, I really have no problem with them giving him the award. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, do not disagree with that at all. So as we start to, you know, wrap it on up here, Carl, uh, any more thoughts on the players that attended the camp and any other takeaways from the camp? I do. I did see uh, Lance mention in a comment that uh, he wished he'd have seen a little bit more of, you know, the three-step drop and hitting things in time with the slant routes. I'm sure that is going to be peppered to death in uh, the practice reps. So I don't mind it too much in this release, but uh, in this release uh, that we saw from Russell Wilson working at uh, CU's field, but I agree last season, the issue wasn't so much the deep ball. It's the timing and the quick routes and the middle of the field stuff. We had all the narrative last year that he was doing it constantly working in the middle of the field in practice, but uh, did not play out in the regular season, obviously. So again, not putting too much into it, but do you have any thoughts about the players that were there? Anybody missing anybody you wish was there? Anybody you want to highlight that was there? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm glad Cortland Sutton's there. You know, I think early on in the season, you saw Russell and him have a nice connection and they kind of lost it as the year went on. I, I'm not sure some of Wilson's injury might've played into that. Obviously the team's struggling, um, but they seem to have that nice connection early on. Like he was the one player that he trusted. And so I'm hoping that they can continue to build on that. I know Tim Patrick was one that they, they said at least at training camp looked like that was becoming Russell Wilson's favorite target. Uh, so it'd be nice to see him back. I was kind of not disappointed that he wasn't there, but it would have been nice to see him running some routes just to see what he looks like. You know, right now we really have no clue him coming back from injury. Is he hundred percent, 90 percent? Where is he at? Same with Javante Williams. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm glad he was there. It's just another sign of just how close he is to being at least ready to play some snaps. Now is he hundred? He won't be, you know, taking 20 carries a game early on. I don't think, I hope they aren't doing that. I hope they give him a little bit more time, but again, it's just, I, I'm amazed at his recovery. I, I really thought pretty much training camp, he'd be just kind of running on the sidelines where we've already seen he's been taking snaps at when they were doing OTAs and mini camp. And so I guess it'll be for him that first padded practice. Do they let him participate in that first padded practice? If they do, then I feel really good about his chances of being ready week one. If they don't, I'm going to sit there and question whether he's going to be maybe uh, give him a month into the season before you let him get onto the field a whole lot. Yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting to follow uh, him, no doubt. And that kind of goes hand in hand with uh, Miller's comment here. Javonta Williams does start week one. How do you feel about him playing against the Raiders, who the team he got injured against week five last year? First first game. Good for the narrative. Maybe it's going to be a little bit of heebie-jeebies uh, there for Javonta, but he's a professional. You know, that's what he lives for. I'm sure he'll be, if anything, even more juice to get out there. It, I hope that the coaches are smart and, you know, don't let him get too hyped up out there, right? Just go out there and play the game because when you're a little bit too amped, that's where you can make some mental mistakes and whatnot and uh, put yourself at risk and others at risk too. But, uh, yeah, I think it'll, that's good narrative-wise, but I don't think it means 
probably too much, but that'd be a good question for him. I, I would like somebody in the uh, Broncos media to you know, talk about that. And if he, if there's a one-on-one session uh, with him, just saying, you know, he got injured against the Raiders. How's it feel about, you know, to finish that game, kind of finish what you started there and then take that next step. But yeah. And hopefully it'll be a better response than what we got last year from Nathaniel Hackett, where you asked about a rival and it's like, Oh, we love everybody. You know, no, just say you hate the Raiders. It's, it's really easy. It's a softball question. Yep. Just say, you hate the Raiders. We love it. David McElrath coming in here, ten dollars. Good, good to see you, David. Papa Bear. That's another uh, Denver Broncos nut. Uh, appreciate you coming in here, saying good evening, Broncos country. Nick, Carl, Dylan, and Deacon Scott. Hashtag ten days. Hashtag Buckham, Buckham, Buckham. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. And hashtag MHH for life. Pr- appreciate you so much, David. Thank you so much for the support. It really does mean a lot. I mean, that's you don't have to do that, and you do. And God, it's super kind of you to do that, and we uh, we really do appreciate that. Also, did we get uh, Michael Ronquillo in here as well? Great show. Not yet. Well, appreciate you. We're going to be wrapping on up here pretty soon, Michael. So Michael's just getting ahead of it, saying great show tonight. Nick and Carl, I'm building the Broncos. Go Broncos and buck them. Buck you too, Michael. Uh, we appreciate you coming in. Zach Powers, how do you guys grade the offseason moves of our AFC West opponents? I unfortunately think the Chiefs continue to do well. Chargers draft was all right as well. I think that none of them made big splashes. I think the Broncos actually got better, but they spent the most money. Uh, so that's if you're going by like ROI, then maybe not the best, but Broncos, I think got the best closed the gap the most, uh, as far as the, these teams drafts, I was a little bit, uh, sad that the Raiders got, Oh gosh. Uh, the Texas tech, uh, pass rusher who I thought was extremely talented, um, whose names escaped me right now. Uh, but the absolute freakazoid with the arm length and stuff to pair with Max Crosby. I think that could be a problem. Uh, going forward as well, even if the Raiders back seven is trash, that he could be a very good uh, Tyree Wilson just came to me. There we go. Uh, that could be a problem with them. And I think the chiefs just continue to do pretty well, but they have a cheat code, man. They could, you know, do anything. And it's like Patrick Mahomes touches it and it turns out well. So we'll see what the Patrick Mahomes evolution looks like once Andy Reed is retired, which probably in the next five years, you'd assume God, uh, but uh, you know, hopefully. they're going to be, they're going to be pretty right. I mean, hopefully he's healthy and everything too, but uh, yeah, the next five years, but uh, yeah, that's uh, anything they do. It's like Midas, right? Everything turns to gold, which maybe turns into a curse at some point. But for now, it's good because they have Patrick freaking Mahomes and it's uh, an unfortunate reality. But I think, you know, where none of them, I think, really was were that incredible. I think if anybody, the Raiders probably did the worst uh, because Jimmy Garoppolo is hurt. Uh, they got rid. I think they downgraded quarterback. Josh McDaniel's still there. It seems like that's just ending <laughs> up. It's going to end up in flames. And there's been some rumors that the Raiders probably would have gotten out of the McDaniels contract if they had more cash on hand to pay for a new coach and buy out McDaniels. So probably the Raiders, the worst one. Yeah. I I do wonder the chiefs offensive line, how much Mm -hmm. of a step back or do they stay the same? I mean, they're into your probably top tier of, of the NFL top three, but those tackle positions, you got two new tackles. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see just early on how they mesh with Patrick Mahomes and what he does. You know, it takes a while to learn a quarterback and just especially a guy that likes to move around the pocket by extra time. Uh, it puts a lot of pressure on those tackles. So I'll be interested in that. Chargers, like I said, not a whole lot that you really get excited or down on with them. Um, you know, their draft, Quinton Johnson for the wide receiver position. I mean, it just another weapon for him. But they're another team, coaching staff. I feel like some of that was cash on hand for them as well you know if they got sean payton i would probably almost pick them over the chiefs for this upcoming season but they decided to go cheap at the court at the coaching position 
and I'm not really a big fan of their guy. And so I, I think they're still going to be held back. Their talent level is going to be held back because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, Raiders, yeah, I think they'll finish worse in the, the division. They don't even know who their quarterback's going to be week one. And Chiefs, like I said, just seems like they can just plug and play. Guys mm-hmm. come in, you think, okay, you lose Tyreek Hill, you're gonna, your offense is going to take a, a step back. Nope, we're still good. You know, Travis Kelsey, somehow he becomes ageless. Hopefully this is the, the year where he starts maybe losing a little bit. But yeah. but even there, like his game is not so much based on athleticism. He's just he's a great route runner. He's a he's a smart football player. Um, I don't know. Listening to him in interviews, <laughs> it, it's always kind of a, a different side of it. But but on the football field, guy as smart as can be and locked mm-hmm. in with with Patrick Mahomes. Those guys just think alike on what they're seeing on the field. And um, so. I think until you see Travis Kelsey maybe take that step back, it's going to be hard to see the Chiefs losing this division. Yeah. Yep. James James comes in and says Broncos' expectations are way too high. Stop putting much pressure on them. It takes time to build a winning team. Winning team. Fans are stressed, not rational. Every year you think Super Bowl bound, get real. Some fans do, some fans don't. You have the over-rational homers, and then you have the way too negative pessimists out there. I think that you, Carl and I are probably right around you're hoping that this team is playing meaningful football games in December, probably floating around 500. And, you know, the last month of the year, if you got a chance to, you know, stack a couple wins and sneak into that seven spot, that's probably my expectation this season uh, for this team. Could be better, could be worse. There's a wide variety of outcomes, but I think that is my expectation at least. Yeah. And I don't think it's crazy to think the Bronx, like that's not real unrealistic expectations. Sean Payton's done that before. Took over a New Orleans team that was worse than their division. First year, boom, they win 10 games. And this is back in the 16-game season. So 10-6 and six is very first year. I think that's realistic for the Broncos to possibly get to that 10-win area and be right there in the mix for the playoffs. Uh, I don't think any of us – I mean, I guess I haven't quite always listened to every one of the other shows every episode, but I don't think any of us have really said, oh, yeah, Broncos won the Super Bowl this year. So uh, I don't think we've had unrealistic. It's, it's pretty much if Broncos can improve, if they can make the playoffs, we're going to feel pretty darn good about this team moving forward. That's that's the step they have to take. Yeah, absolutely. And we've said on here a few times, a lot of things that should counteract and be a little bit more balanced this season. Injuries, one score games uh, that should just hopefully lead to more wins, even if you had the incompetency that was the coaching staff that we had here last year. So. We'll see. Um, I think last year was way too high, but we had a lot of new variables all at once, which made it a much more volatile team. This year, still new variables, but not as much. You kind of are baked into the parameters that you have. Uh, but I think, Carl, you had the stat that teams that typically spend the most money, uh, overall money in an offseason, make the playoffs that next year, like a really high amount of times. Obviously, no guarantee. They, they average five more wins compared to the year before. So for the Broncos... That would be 10 wins on the season. That's crazy. That's a crazy difference. Um, because a lot of times you see teams win the offseason and that doesn't happen. So we'll be uh we'll be interesting to see how it uh, plays out for the Broncos. But guys, 
we are at 6.50 Mountain Time. We got to start wrapping it on up here. Uh, talk a little bit about Russell Wilson's pro day going on. We'll have another chance to talk about some other things. Thanks to everybody who came in and supported us today. Michael Ronquillo, obviously. Uh, we had David uh, Meckelrath, of course. Appreciate you, David. Hope you're doing well. Troy Bauer coming in uh, with the stars as well. So you guys are great. Thank you so much for coming in and saying hello. Uh, Carl, any final thoughts? Uh, we talked about, of course, the, the offensive weapons. We, we continue to talk about the offensive weapons. It really is an interesting topic on here that we just, there's so much that we don't know just yet. Uh, Jake keeps working with uh, Russell Wilson and the guys who made it uh, for that throw in session at Folsom field, Greg Dulcich, Chris Manhurts, Cortland Sutton, and Javante Williams talked a lot of Javante Williams too, as well. Uh, any final thoughts? We didn't talk too much about Dulcich being there. Cortland Sutton being the only wide receiver uh, there as well, even though it seems like he's maybe even third in the pecking order in terms of excitement for the players at wide receiver this year. Uh, any final thoughts? Yeah. Greg Dulcich is one. Um, I think it's been kind of interesting to see Sean Payton kind of change his attitude about the guy, you know, kind of got there. Wasn't really all that commitment or committed to him kind of, I don't know, really didn't want to talk a whole lot about him. And then we saw about halfway through the off season, all of a sudden, you know, th this is our joker player on offense, you know, just a lot of compliments coming his way. So I, I really am interested to see how the Broncos want to use him in this offense. You know, we, like I said, we got all these wide receivers, a lot of names that have put up some some decent numbers at times, you know, had some really good games or really good moments. But I, I think Greg Dulcich could be kind of that surprise player that maybe becomes a bigger factor than maybe a couple of these wide receivers we've talked a lot about. Yeah, it's going to be wild. Uh, going to be a lot of fun to see how it all plays out with the pecking order of the playmakers and just the offense in general. Don't know what it's going to look like, but I feel like I can guarantee you that it's going to be far more competent and cohesive and actually have a, a general direction. It's not just going to be, you know, spaghetti thrown at the wall and see what it looks like. I think there's going to be a plan and a direction that they want to go with Sean Payton with the personnel. So should be a lot better this year. Appreciate everybody coming in. Uh, make sure you guys are following Carl on Twitter. Carl is at Carl Dummer MHH. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also make sure you guys are following us at uh, BTB pod as well as at Mile High Huddle. And, of course, follow us at Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. As the ticker says underneath there, please subscribe to our channel, Mile High Huddle. Like and share. We got Patrick coming in with the Aloha. Good to see you, Patrick. I'll be drinking some of your coffee here in about, uh, you know, 12 hours. So thinking, looking forward to that already. And, uh, Carl, good to see you again. We'll be back uh, yeah. hanging out again next week, and then I'll be off a week. But uh, always fun. I'm glad to hear you made it back safe. Uh, from your trip out there and uh, enjoying the summer. Thanks for everybody joining us today. Uh, like I always like to say, make sure you continue to choose kindness and compassion. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. 
Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com 